Western Musical Choir, guess what? We're back with our podcast, Wemek Talks, and we couldn't be more excited. I'm Ollie O'Connor, a tenor, and currently you can see me at our King's Cross and Oxford Circus venues. And here in the Zoom room with me is my awesome co-host, Katie Gouda. Thank you, Ollie, and hello, choir fam. I'm a soprano, and you can currently find me at our Zoom rehearsals, watching the live stream from Oxford Circus. Before we go any further, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to our awesome social and production angel, Maxine, who got us started with the Wemek Talks last year, and an even bigger thank you for trusting us with the next part of the journey. Couldn't agree more. Thank you, Maxine. So today we're going to be talking all about repertoire. We've been learning some truly stellar songs this term, and we wanted to get some experts in to talk to us about how a term's repertoire comes together. We also asked all of you out there following our Instagram to tell us what your favourite love songs from the musicals are. It's February, after all, and we like a bit of a theme, so we'll be discussing the results of that too. But first, uh, we're going to launch straight into one of our new regular segments, Meet the Team. Each episode, we'll be introducing team members so you can get to know a bit more about the people behind the scenes making West End Musical Choir come to life every week. And because we're your new hosts, we thought we'd start with the two of us. So normally questions like this make me have an existential crisis, but I can blame no one but myself for this because I'm the one that came up with the questions. So please know that I probably have at least 10 answers to some of these, but I will do my best to give just one each time. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll hold you to that promise. <laughs> um, let's see how we do with question one. It's pretty easy. They do get harder as we go along, but yeah, let's do this. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do when you're not choiring? Yeah, I made that a verb. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm Ollie O'Connor. Uh, I am from Bromley in Kent or Southeast London, depending on uh, where or who you ask. Uh, and then away from choir, uh, I work in brand communication and marketing. I'm an analyst and I sort of help with uh, insights for um, different clients. And at the moment, I work for a new energies firm. And then away from choir further in my own time, uh, I enjoy playing some golf and then just basically uh, enjoying different types of uh, films and TV, uh, depending on what's going on with lockdowns and so on, but hopefully with other people. And then uh, I've definitely started to really enjoy um, listening to podcasts over the last couple of years. So uh, kind of fun to be on the other side of the mic for this. So that's me in a nutshell for the time being. So originally I'm from Canada, but I'm also British. I grew up in the Netherlands, going to a Dutch school and then the American school of The Hague before coming over to the UK for university where I studied English Lit and creative writing. Um, I'm an engagement advisor, which means I do a lot of internal communications and work around employee engagement. Um, I love baking, cooking, knitting, crafting, swimming in locks and playing chicken with waves at the beach, no matter the weather. Um, and I always lose, so end up cold. <laughs> um, my favorite things are stories of all kinds. Uh, so TV, movie, theater, books, writing, art, music, and podcasts too now. And list making, which I also enjoy, I should have said. Me too. Yeah, yes, like a good list. 
Uh, great. So question two, when did you first join WEMEC and how long have you been part of the Angel team? I joined WEMEC in September 2018 and I became an Angel a year later in September 2019. So I've been part of the team for two and a half years now. Great. Well, I started uh, in the term that you became an Angel. So that was September 2019. Uh, and then what with all the uh, sort of fun around lockdowns and all the rest of it, uh, I ended up joining the team around about May 2021 so uh, it's been quite the journey so I can't even work out how long that's been because the pandemic has ruined my uh, appreciation of time but it's what been... is time anymore anyway <laughs> who really knows what has been your favorite performance or experience with WAMEC? Oh, I, I can't not say the uh, New Year's Eve um, gig at the Globe Theatre with BBC and Jack Morton uh, running that show in the Mayor of London office. That was remarkable and a long day. I was there for probably over 12 hours, but it absolutely flew by and it was um, really genuinely quite special. Uh, and then I'd say also um, Disney in uh, November 20, uh, sorry, yeah, November 2021 as well. Uh, we've been meaning to go for at least a year and a bit. Um, but when we did finally go, it was fantastic that it was possible to go ahead. And um, that was just magic. And I can't wait to be going back uh, for the 30th anniversary um, very soon. How about you, Katie? Also Disney. So the Disneyland Paris trip in November 2019 um, is my favorite. I was so lucky to perform at Disney four times with my school choir while I was growing up. So coming back as an adult, literally half my life later, was just this wonderful full circle moment um, and pure Disney magic. And if I can add a second one, um, Steps of St. Paul's in December 2019 was just amazing. Um, so next question, what is the biggest thing that you've got out of being part of WEMEC? The thing you cherish the most or has made the most difference in your life? Okay, so stay with me for a second on this answer. It's a little bit long. Um, okay. I sang a song called Ashokan Farewell at my high school graduation. And there's a line in it that just struck me to the very core of my soul. And I'm not being overdramatic when I say that. Um, so the line is, well, every song we've sung stay with us forever. It's been a long time since that night. I won't say how long, um, but I will say with total conviction that yes, they do stay with you forever. And so do the people you sing them with. There are people from my school choirs that have stayed with me in my heart in such a powerful way because of the music we've made and experienced together. And I'm continually awestruck and inspired by that bond. So the thing that I cherish most about WEMEC is knowing that it has gifted me with so many more people and songs that are going to stay with me forever. And that means more than I could ever put into words. That's a really lovely answer. And I think uh, not to... Um sort of um, steal your material but I would say I would <clears throat> probably have similar themes in that it's wonderful singing with people it's wonderful making new friendships and uh, around a sort of a centralized um, passion for something like uh, musical theatre that's one of the biggest things but for me I um, started singing properly in university and sort of doing solo work and smaller group work and that was fantastic and I had a very talented group of friends uh, there and then I'm, I'm still very close with with a few of them uh, quite a long time later and I won't go into specific dates of how long that is but um, we generally get together and have a sort of relaxed uh, sing song around the piano and it's wonderful but there was something basically 
missing for me in the last few years where we weren't doing quite as many uh, sort of gigs for weddings or other events for friends and family and uh, yeah basically just um I was introduced to choir from my friend Haley, who joined the previous term and said it's basically a, a, a no audition choir uh, does musical theatre in Disney is exactly what you need get signed up and I did and I'm very grateful to her uh, for for the introduction because yeah it's been a, a fantastic addition to my life not going over the board there I always joke with tasters when they first try the choir that they found their people um yes but they have so it's amazing <laughs> okay so this last one is the most difficult and I spent ages debating with myself what my answer would be so I'm gonna let you go first Ollie um if you could only Great. watch one musical for the rest of time which one would you choose uh why do we make these questions so hard, Casey? Uh, at least we just we can get ours out of the way, and then the other poor people who come on uh, from the team can can enjoy these uh, later on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tricky all time. Um, I think I'm going to be a little bit subtle and try and do two, uh, but I think I could probably do Les Mis. Uh, generally, um, I could probably do that, and then completely different. Um, but quite important to me anyway is uh, Avenue Q I think just the mixture of comedy and some of the emotional stuff that happens and just uh, the inappropriateness is fantastic and will cheer me up no end for a long time um great answers mine is singing in the rain it's one of my first great loves um and it never fails to make me happy no matter the weather so no matter how gray and rainy the world gets the musical always reminds me that you can always sing in the rain um and i'll throw a sly second one in there a sound of music because julie andrews i think that's perfectly legitimate um yeah wow um so there's some tough questions but um i think we did all right didn't you yeah i survived without too much of an existential crisis so yes we did we did a good job what more could we ask for so um can't wait to see how the rest of the team fares with answering them in the future uh but let's not get ahead of ourselves we promised you experts to talk all things Wemmick repertoire, and we have two of the very best with us here today. Welcome to Wemmick Talks, Charlie Morrison, our fearless choir founder, and Ben Dovey, our always brilliant musical director and jingle writer extraordinaire. Hello! Hey guys. Hi, um, thanks for having us. We're so excited. <laughs> so let's dive straight in. Charlie, how do you go about picking repertoire for a term? Ooh, good question. There are lots of considerations. You know, I think the thing I always go back to really is just remembering the reasons why people, you know, our singers have joined the choir and they join for lots of different reasons. You know, one of the biggest things is friendship. You know, it's a huge, obviously, social community that we have. Um, lots of singers join to, you know, just pick up a new skill, especially around New Year. You know, you have your New Year's resolutions and obviously joining a choir, you know, learning music is always a really fun skill to um, start learning. And as you know, one of the biggest reasons is performances. That's definitely what I have in mind sort of when, you know, starting. And as we sort of evolved with each term, I really have like three big questions I that I ask myself when I sort of, you know, have my big poster board, my post-it notes ready and my Sharpie. Number one, what will our singers enjoy learning throughout the term and our weekly rehearsals? 
Number two, what will our singers enjoy performing? Because obviously we have loads of different types of performances, indoor, outdoor, ones that you can invite um, family and friends to, one that are closed performances. And then also a big one is, you know, what will our audiences enjoy listening and watching? And it was really interesting as well, because as I was thinking about this, I thought, oh my gosh, thinking back to our first ever term, I just chose songs that I just geeked out to. So when I think about like when I trained at drama school, you know, what songs when I was learning different repertoire, different composers and things and lyricists, what songs did I just love? As we grew, you know, one of the one of the first biggest gigs we had was West End Live. And that sort of came out of nowhere. And, you know, thousands and thousands of people in London we performed at in Trafalgar Square. And it was just they loved it and 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 also you know there was a real requirement from um the council who obviously organized western live and they said look you've got a 15 minute set and obviously you know we we know you're a musical theater choir so we know they're going to be musical theater songs that you choose but they just have to be songs that aren't currently you know aren't from shows that are currently in the west end and so that was really sort of what got me started in thinking oh okay right so i'm gonna have to sort of think outside the box a little bit and you know actually be quite structured in, in in what we're doing structure of the term it's always obviously a 10-week term so we know that we obviously have a limited amount of time to teach repertoire and also for the singers you know to become really confident with um the material before we start performing it and we start off with thinking okay we want to sing and teach a song in two weeks um, and we do, you know, as Ben knows, and, and you guys know, we mix it up sometimes with a cheeky one weeker to keep things fresh with usually like a quite like a chilled, um, easy, sort of quick to learn song just to mix things up a bit. Um, and we try to sort of think about, OK, the balance of tempos, uh, yeah, up tempo ballads, um, well known, not, you know, and versus not very well known. I think that's a really important thing as well. We, you know, we always want to make sure that we sort of have a mixture of different types of repertoire. And I never sort of want to go out there with, we're going to do all the big hits, you know, from the West End in one term. I always want to think, okay, we can do maybe like two of them, but also what are songs that I know that I love that are from maybe, you know, from musicals from like the fifties, from the sixties, or even earlier, like twenties and thirties and things, just to mix things up for the singers. So hopefully they'll learn something you know that they haven't heard of before but also having a good time with the stuff that we all know i guess for me one of the things i've noticed is that maybe we have certain styles of song that work really well with choir so are there any technical considerations for when you're picking the song so things like you know like the length of a song i think that's really really important because obviously when we sort of have two weeks to teach a song we know that you know songs that are eight minutes in length aren't going to work we don't have enough time it's too you know too many musical notes too many rhythms too many harmonies to learn and things so we try to average a song out I think I think the sweet spot I think is about three to four minutes in length you know sometimes a little bit shorter sometimes a little bit longer but um yeah so that's a huge huge consideration for sure vocal range as well you know obviously songs can be changed from what their original key was obviously you know lifting from a show um but at the same time we don't want to change the key too much you know taking away from like the original context and you know sound that people are familiar with and things and then i you know what i was going to say i was going to say we always try to stay stay clear of medleys but obviously i have broken that rule 
just to jump in on that charlie when you say you know picking songs that work well for choir i think in general just finding something that has a a, a nice message um a general message is is the best kind of song to use um yeah. rather than sort of a really specific storytelling solo number so like songs that lyrically have uh, have a more general feel to them uh, work really well as choir i mean many many songs can work well as a choir i'm not saying solo ballads or duets can't work as a choir in fact duets are often some of the best ones because it's quite easy to split up parts and um and then and end up with a sort of two-part duet just as a choir that works quite well but um but yeah, gen generally, the, the more solo-y, storytelling, emotional numbers, we don't sort of jump towards as quickly mm -hmm. as, as like a general um, chorus number from a musical that, that could quite easily be applied to a choir setting. And I think you do a really good job of uh, picking the uh, repertoire for the, um, for the terms. I know I get some say in, in, in what, what's what, but uh, at the end of the day, I think you do a smashing job, Charlie. It's never, I'm never faced with anything that I'm like, how on earth am I going to put this in a choir <laughs> setting? It's always fairly straightforward or I've got to do a little bit of tinkering to make things work, but usually not, not much. Um, and then, yeah, just to agree with the whole vocal range setting, we can obviously change keys and things to fit our singers best. And, um, I think once you spent a bit of time with the choir, you get fairly good at knowing what people are comfortable um, with singing range wise. Uh, but you, you want to make sure you're giving people enough of a, of a challenge and a push um, in that respect as well, because otherwise things can get a little bit boring sometimes. You want to be challenged, oh, right? Yeah. Otherwise, what, what's the fun? What's the, what's the, where's the fun? Absolutely. In Absolutely. And I think, you know what, like anybody who's listened to our harmony tracks can hear the incredible vocal range of Benjamin Dovey. I think, well... <laughs> I have to admit that is something you know obviously worked with a range of awesome musical directors and you know not all obviously all of our musical directors can sing you know that obviously is not a requirement for a musical director to be able to um, be a vocal coach or, or have a range or anything like that um, it's a completely different skill set but I have to admit from oh gosh, from a collaboration standpoint, um, just working with Ben is so easy, breezy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. It's so cool to hear about the collaborative effort that goes into this. It's, um, yeah, a little behind the scenes view is awesome. Thank you guys. Uh, Charlie, we have an, another question for you and it's quite a difficult one. Um, which terms repertoire is your favorite or are you most proud of? Okay, I'm gonna say a song. And if you've been with us during that time, you will maybe think, oh gosh, I do never, I never want to sing that song again. I never want to hear the words of the title or, or from the song ever again. Or you may think, oh, I can't wait to bring it back. From now on, from The Greatest Showman. Okay, just bear with me on this. I think it literally, for me, it was kind of like an anthem for the choir at one point. Um, it's just so uplifting. The choir sound amazing. Ben's arrangement is fabulous. And it's such a crowd pleaser. You know, um, obviously it's a, a movie musical as opposed to like a stage musical. Although I do hear they are adapting it for the Broadway stage, which would be incredible. And I think we should go and do a choir trip. And that's a whole other thing, which I'll, we'll talk about later. They've been a different podcast. You heard it here so. first. Yep. You did. going to Broadway, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. And Disney Florida, here we go. We are on our way. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that that song for me just oh, resonates on so many different levels. Um, and I know it's obviously from a different term, but Hello, Dolly, again, one of another one of ben, Ben's arrangements. I think, 
I knew that it was going to be such a, a crowd pleaser, um, but I also just love how as soon as the, the backing track starts playing, people's faces change, people start swaying, they're super into it. And I just think, oh, that is, <laughs> so I feel like a proud mother watching her children up on stage um, as they perform the song. So that's another song that I just, I love. And it's just, it's just so feel good. So feel good. Um, and then, you know what, another song, again, from a completely different term. But come from away i'll come from away medley this term is so so awesome and of course you know um as we we're recording this um yesterday we were able to get the final video of our mega our mega music video with clips from all the different rehearsals um across london and manchester which it, i have to say sounds epic what do you think guys oh for sure it's amazing that definitely is my um, definitely in my top five of favorite choir songs. So a term in itself that really resonates with me is I think autumn term 2020, which was when we were able to do limited in-person socially distanced rehearsals indoors. Gosh, that's such a I think mouthful. you're right there. Um, it's hard to tell with the pandemic. I, I forget, you know, time is very hard mm. to grasp. So yeah, I think, uh, that autumn term I, that was quite a big one for me as well. I thought Ben's been chomping at the bit here, sort of jumping in. But uh, Sorry. basically, Ben, I think it would be really uh, good to know a little bit more about how you go about creating the arrangements for, for Wemmack. Step one is that I will get uh, an email from Charlie saying, hi, Ben, this is uh, the repertoire uh, we would like to do this term. And then uh, the next conversation we have is, is uh, about the backing track. Obviously, we perform um, always to pre-recorded backing tracks. So it's whether we go with a sort of fully orchestrated pre-produced version or we have to source and create a, um, a brand new uh, produced orchestrated backing track or we know it's a um, song that will work particularly well with just a piano backing uh, of which we have a few but generally we tend to go with the um, pre-orchestrated backing tracks that either we purchase or um, get a bespoke one made for us by some of our um, I guess external contractors or for Wemek. Um, yeah it's all very exciting. Uh, so once we've got the backing track, uh, it's about um, checking keys, checking vocal ranges. Uh, that's sort of step one, because if I start arranging on Sibelius and then halfway through, I realize that something doesn't work for the tenors or the sops or, or even like the baritones, it pushes them too high or the altos too low, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then I'll be very angry and I'll have a lot of work to do um, backtracking and changing keys and I'll, I'll get very, very upset. So we check, I check keys at first, like with my piano and um, have a little, have a little play around with things uh, before I it's, start to do um, anything. It's good to know about the emotional journey that this is obviously taking you on as well. Uh, as a creative, I have emotional highs and lows and I'm sure any creatives out there will will agree with me <laughs> um, but particularly if I've made a mistake and have to do extra work I get very sad so uh, it's about preparation uh, looking ahead making sure there's no sort of teething issues before I've even begun and then once I know that the key is going to work um, obviously from this point um, there's there's two steps because either I'm doing a medley and I've got to think about multiple things, multiple backing tracks in multiple keys. Um, potentially, if if keys aren't going to work, running from one into another, we'll have to have a chat about uh, either purchasing a, a backing track in another key, or I'll do some magic 
uh, in Logic Pro, which is a, a, a digital audio workstation to, to sort of link it together with some MIDI files and, um, and do some work there to make that work. Um, but if it's just a sort of standalone song and I've picked the key, then we can move on. A medley is a little bit more work, just making sure that everything is going to connect um, connect well before I move on to Sibelius and start um, and start uh, notating things down. For those of you that don't know, Sibelius is a music notation software that you can buy for Apple Mac computers and uh, and 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 I believe Windows as well. I'm not even sure. I think so. Anyway, you so is is. Pretty good, pretty much industry standard. There's another one called Dorico that's new, which uh, anybody who's interested Ooh. might want to look into. It's a new software that people are uh, potentially jumping ship from Sibelius to go and use. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but it looks really, really interesting. I know. Oh, I want to check it out after this. I know. Mm. Dorico, Just to note that out. other noting softwares are available. I'm not sponsored by them, but if they want to sponsor no, me, I'm okay with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Uh, yeah, so I'm a surveillance man myself, and uh, we're very lucky that we have a, an amazing template that's produced by Oliver Payne, um, who was one of our musical directors um, from back in the day, Charlie, yeah? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It was, um, that was actually a really, really cool, I mean, for anybody who hasn't met Oliver, he's so, so talented. We just had a, um, uh, I think our latest rehearsal with him was one of our Disney rehearsals for our, our upcoming Disney Paris March trip and he's just he's just fantastic and he yeah so we sat down together and thought you know what let's create like a formal house formatting for mm. all of our music so it all looks consistent it all looks beautiful it's all pretty easy to read and yeah exactly like Ben said that's our that's our template yeah and that saves um whoever's doing the arrangement because I don't do all of them although I do I do a fair few of them at the moment um it saves whoever the arranger is starting from scratch and making that all look beautiful and and consistent so that's a really amazing part of the process for me that is in that um there's very little to do in that respect um it just comes later with tidying up and um making sure everything's looking nice um so I use the template I load up the template and then first step is the piano part which generally speaking takes me the longest time and once the piano part is down then i can move on to uh, the vocals uh, and then what i do with the vocals sort of depends on a few things uh, one would be the length of the arrangement and how long we want the song to be generally speaking we try and keep it between two and three minutes some are shorter some have to be longer for whatever reason the structure of the song or that's just a particular part of the song that we just feel like we have to keep in and me and charlie will obviously discuss that between us um but yeah then once once the piano part is down i move on to the vocals now um i try and keep things vaguely uh familiar to a particular cast recording or uh youtube performance of the song that i feel like uh, the singers are gonna know and respond to but then there's always a bit of scope for slight creative interpretation or doing something a bit different that perhaps nobody's done yet or reworking wh whatever that may be whether it's just a little bridge that i've sort of messed around with or added some oohs and ahs and things like that um an example that springs to my mind recently uh, is in the come from away uh, medley where we did the 38 planes bit somewhere in the middle of um nowhere there's like a four bar bit that's like somewhere in between the pace of life and working you know i'm not going to sing anymore on this podcast i'm sorry you know you know that bit um 
And that only happens once, but I thought, okay. And I was looking at the timing of the arrangement and I thought, nah, let's build on that. Let's do it twice and we'll swap the parts around so everybody gets a chance to do it. And, you know, it's not a, a huge um, step away from the original, but it's a bit different. Nobody else will probably have done that. So it's nice for the choir as well to have something a little, a little bespoke. And in that particular instance, for that section of the medley, we were working with a piano backing track that I had um, knocked together. So it was a really easy change for me because obviously if we're using a pre-recorded backing track, I'm somewhat um, restricted as to what I can do with the arrangement structurally more than anything. With the vocal parts, I can obviously work with the harmony of the song to kind of do what I want within that. But um, when it's a piano backing, I've got the ultimate creative control and I can I can change structure. I can do whatever I want <laughs> with it. So in some in some respects, a piano backing is quite nice and and freeing uh, creatively for me. Um, so yeah, once I've got the vocals in, uh, we'll do notes first, and then I go back and do the lyrics after. I don't mess about with any lyrics as I'm going forward because it's much quicker for me to bash all the notes in. No dynamics, no anything like that. Notes go in, then the lyrics go in. And then it's uh, tidying up, engraving, little little teeny dynamic markings and specifics, and then finally performance notes, which is uh, which are our little helpful boxes along the way throughout the ar arrangement, just to give a bit of direction that the singers can read as they are learning the material. And then I whack in a big box at the beginning with some information about the song, the arrangement, the composers, and and what have you. Uh, that's the big performance notes at the beginning of the piece. Um, yeah, and then that's kind of done in terms of the actual arrangement. And then we move on to the harmony tracks. Yeah, I guess Ooh. for me, uh, it's a lovely segue, Ben. I think you've done really well uh, lining us <laughs> up here because I think I particularly enjoy your notes on the uh, on the on the uh, score. Um, and I think there's also older classics like Slide for Jesus, for example. And I suppose twang. it's twang sort of for Jesus. twang for Jesus, even. Is it twang or slide? Was it both? I think we don't might... have a slide of some sort. Had... All right. Apologies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean to correct you. No, no, it's fine. I, honestly, I'm here to be corrected at any, <laughs> any moment. So, um, yeah, I guess it's uh, looking at those notes. It sort of leads me to um, my question about harmony tracks what's the process there um i can imagine you and charlie have quite a lot of fun with that we we do we do have a lot of fun um that is, that is <laughs> it's a bit sure. of a roller coaster of emotions um yeah so harmony tracks uh we start with um yeah and and actually just on that the performance notes kind of help when we're doing the harmony tracks because it, it not only lets me convey things to charlie without writing them all down um well they are written down on the score but like saves me sending an email saying all oh, this 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 and this make sure you sing this like this it's all on the score which is quite good and i think it gives the the singers a little chuckle at home um and in rehearsal because some of them are quite well i try and try and be funny of sorts um with the performance <laughs> notes so one of Whether my favorite they're... ones that you did then was like an an optional super high note for the sopranos or ben yeah yeah i mean you know <laughs> It's not going to get in the way of the arrangement. And, and maybe, the best soprano ever. Exactly. <laughs> maybe in 10 years, people will see that and go, who the, who the heck is, is Ben? 
Um, Ben thinks a lot of himself. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm still going to be with Wemek in 10 years. I'm going to say, Ben, (laughs) you've been actually having like one night off from your West End gig to come and work with us. I'm telling you right now. Why not? I'm going to go until retirement, I think, actually. Too right. Too right. I was going to say as well, um, as Ben was mentioning about the performance notes, sometimes as well, um, when I record my tracks and I always, Ben's so great, Ben records his tracks first. So it's just much easier for me to record mine against his. And it's sort of at the end of me recording, I sometimes send Ben just a few extra little performance notes um, just to potentially consider in, you know, adding in just from a vocal placement standpoint, from a soprano or an alto um, standpoint. You know, if I just think, oh, it's a bit of a, even if it's not even a high note, sometimes like an entry note, just maybe the vowel shape sits a little bit trickier for me so I think why well, I might just add in maybe a little performance note there just for you know the sopranos and, and altos to consider and just some other you know some other things vocally so that's always um just towards the end sometimes we might no, get that's, a yeah that's, that's super helpful um sorry Ollie I realized I I ran away and didn't actually physically answer your your first <laughs> question as it were but yeah Charlie sort of uh touched on it there I harmony tracks I start, I do them first to the backing track um, because I've obviously done the arrangement. I know exactly what is going on uh, in terms of notes and rhythms. You know, sometimes I might make the odd mistake, which Charlie will uh, pick me up on. And I'm very It's never a mistake. Well... No, can I just correct Ben there? It's never a mistake. If anything, it's a create, without you realizing, uh, yeah. like a creative. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure, Again, if it was a solo. Look, we're all, Absolutely. We're, all, we're all human. Even I sometimes. Uh, Sing a bit flat. Um, never, never, <laughs> Charlie, never. Charlie uses some wizardry. So anyway, I send my tracks to uh, Charlie and then Charlie records her vocal tracks. Um, what we have to do is record to the backing track and then I'll export just my tenor and, and baritone lines on their own with no backing track on them. So Charlie um, can expertly mix and produce the uh, full versions from those individual stems. Um, but yeah, I will, I will do mine first. Just so you all know, I don't do it in one take. Um, there's many, many different little takes and stitched Ooh. together. I don't mind admitting that, guys. All right, look. This Hands is the up, sort same. of exclusive content we want for the podcast. So thank you so much for your honesty. All right, and, and Charlie definitely doesn't either, okay? So we, we take time <laughs> over it. it wow. Is, yeah, all right. I can so... imagine there are some wonderful outtakes. Oh, just tell you. We I have to so much swearing. Oh. Tell you what, the, <laughs> the swearing, I mean, I, uh, I like, it's awful. Like, I, I must, I must release some of them, but I don't keep them because they're sort of, I, I find them a bit incriminating. I just delete it straight away and then it's gone and then I never have to listen to it again. Um, but yeah, they are quite funny. I listened to it back once and I'm like, yeah, yeah, bad. Anyway, so... <laughs> I record, send it to Charlie, Charlie records, and then Charlie will send them back to me just to sort of listen over. She'll send me her harmony tracks uh, with the backing track as well. So I can have a little listen, check rhythms, check notes, but usually 98%, 99% maybe Charlie, I think. Oh, he's uh, being kind. He's being kind, but I appreciate it. Come on, come on. Yeah, then I'll I'll sort of vet Charlie's tracks and then Charlie will mix and produce the the, the finished version. just to go back, there's one other thing I do just before I we start the harmony track process. I export. It's, it's quite a nice thing you can do on Sibelius. Is I export Charlie's ho 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 track. And now when I say that, that's the noise that the choir makes on Sibelius. That's what I, that's what I'll send Charlie. So if it's um, I'm trying to think of an arrangement, uh, 
Welcome to the rock. It will be. <laughs> it will be like that. Uh, so I'll send Charlie those oh, tracks, which wow. gives her. Yeah, and it saves me. It's quite spooky. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. It's quite terrible. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll send Charlie yeah. those tracks, which will give her a sort of uh, a rough guide in terms of notes. Not that she needs it, but it is. It definitely does help. What? Uh, yeah. Maybe you could tell us a bit more about what happens after you get the tracks in terms of the production side, maybe. Oh yeah. So it was one of those, those things as well. I mean, I'm just going to start off by and say that I have not been trained in you know logic um, in terms of a editing software. But I'll stop you there because you're very good at it, Charlie. Yeah, you don't say. Oh. Shut the front door then. Well, good. no, check it out. We need to have a chat about this actually later on because I definitely want to. I definitely haven't uh, freshened my freshened up my skills in a good while. I spent a good amount of time watching like YouTube videos and things and reading a little bit of literature online about how to yeah just how to work with logic. But I haven't done that in a good amount of in a, in a good while. So I think there are definitely some tips and tricks just to take things to the next level. You know things like. Obviously, I've you know over the years I've created like a template in terms of like sound levels, so mm. they all sort of you know all the tracks have a sort of similar template. But you know, even things like you know when you're exporting, just trying to figure out okay, like vocally, what what is the right level of backing track versus vocals? Because obviously, mm. from like a learning perspective, the singers want to hear the vocals, and also. I want to try and keep them a bit more prominent to what you would hear from like a produced track on Spotify or Carlton. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's a re- it's a rehearsal material, isn't it? It's not exactly a, it's that. Not a, it's not a produced um, uh, piece of music for the for the enjoyment of the listener. It's it's homework, exactly. right? It's it's yeah. homework. So, exactly. Yeah. But I think pin. you do a great. I think you do a great job. I think it's all, it's all really well heard and, uh, and and balanced quite nicely. And and the vocals are mixed really nice as well. So well done. Oh, thank you so much, Ben. That's the biggest thing is when you sort of do the mixing for the individual lines, mm. um, harmony tracks, export those, and then you obviously have to. I sort of copy the logic file to create a second version, which is balancing for the all harmony track mix. Because obviously if you were just to export all the tracks all together, it would just blast the speakers and then just peak all over the place. So it does take a bit of time actually doing the all harmony track mix. I'd say, I'd say let's, 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 this would be a fun little tidbit. I think um, I probably spend three Ooh. to four hours doing the sheet music. And then maximum two on the harmony tracks. So such four, a pro. Six, and then your time producing them. I'm trying to work out rough timing that goes into yeah. prepping an arrangement. I think that's a really good point. I would so definitely say, say six hours on my end, maybe an extra half an hour for cleaning things up once you send me a few notes after. So yeah, and, totally. And you, and you. Ooh, good question. So, ooh. I spend let's say maybe about like half an hour on either if I'm being good I'll get out my piano but if not if I'm being really naughty and I think I know the song well I'll get my little piano app out and just go ding 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 you know they're like intervals to sort of you know to memorize the harmony but then yeah so then laying them down or it maybe takes me a little bit longer than two hours because sometimes like I'll go through this whole emotional roller coaster. Of, I can't sing. <laughs> yeah, I hate the sound yeah. of my voice. This, oh, is, who this, is, this? The, this is the struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, another thing I've just got on the routine of doing is playing a few, like a handful of 
you know, pre-produced all tracks that we've done from, you know, some of your other arrangements, just to remind mm. myself before I start the recording journey, you know what, the end product is going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be worth it. <laughs> you know, you know, you've got to go through this emotional journey, but it'll all be worth it. And you think actually really proud of what we've produced. Yeah. So in, so in short, Ollie, um, when we create emotion, uh, <laughs> when we create arrangements, it is, uh, it's, it's often about the emotional journey. Yes. Thank goodness that was the uh, the short, concise version. I, yes. I I found that really that was great. I, I enjoyed that so much. Um, yeah. That was really really good. And I must say that um, several of the harmony tracks that you two have done are like legit favorite versions of, of a few oh. songs. I won't tell you which ones, but I think like I think "Remember Me" was particularly good. So what about you, Katie? Yeah, yeah. I love them all um, because oh, fine. I mean, <laughs> don't. You know I have existential crises when you ask me such questions. So um, now I just I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who's ever been involved in any of the harmony tracks, especially because um, it is so amazing to have that resource to learn from um, and to help build confidence. And yeah, so I'll speak on behalf of the entire choir. We are so grateful. So thank you so much for putting the effort in. Ben, mm. if you had to pick two songs that you're most excited about for this term. What would they be and why? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. So uh, this term, all right, well, I'll say one that we've just done, if that's okay. So I'll say the Come From Away medley as one of them. I was very excited for that. Mostly, I think, because we had that wonderful workshop with Alice Fern um, last year. And that kind of got me really, really excited about it. Uh, I love the whole concept. It's a really kind of uh, emotional and powerful story, obviously. Uh, and the music is great too. Um, I really like the two songs we chose to do. Obviously, one of them being Welcome to the Rock, which we got to do in such great detail with with Alice. And then obviously the other one, some uh, 38 Planes, Somewhere in the Middle of Nowhere, a reprise. And as I sort of mentioned earlier, we, we chose to go down the piano track route for that one, uh, mostly just because we honestly couldn't find a track that was kind of up to the standard that we usually expect for our backing tracks because we really try and make sure we get a really nice track with excellent sounds, excellent instruments. Um, and it really sounds top notch because we're going to be performing with it at the end of the day. Um, but we couldn't get our hands on one. So I said to Charlie, look, let's do a bit of a different version. Um, I'll do a piano only uh, half of the arrangement, um, which then turned into a bit of piano and strings because I got a bit carried away with myself. Um, <laughs> uh, the maestro so, yeah well you know you gotta gotta i don't know indulge yourself indulge yourself once <laughs> in a while um so yeah did that half of it and then we we went into welcome to the rock which is obviously a complete change of of, of mood and style and we had all those amazing performance notes from alice to pop on the score as well and, and work with it's really fun doing the accent as well um so yeah come from away medley um would be one of them. And the other one I'm super excited to do again is uh, Get Ready and Dancing in the Street, right? From from Motown, which we mentioned briefly earlier. And that's just an absolute party party vibe, right? I love the kind of uh, the music in Motown. It's, it's awesome. Uh, it's just such a happy, excited um, party party vibe, as I say. Um, and it's nice, those two particular arrangements, uh, it's nice for me in particular because we've got, you're looking at my first ever arrangement for the choir in 
Get Ready slash Dancing in the Street. Uh, and then my latest arrangement for the choir, the Come From Away medley. Both of them little mini medleys. That's quite nice. Gives me a chance to um, conduct my way through, you know, four different numbers, really, instead of just two. So that's always nice. More, more music, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I like a medley. Yeah, why not? It sort of showcases the uh, the range of the Wemek repertoire, you know, from from upbeat, oh yeah, uh, upbeat um, party vibe. I keep saying party vibe. Uh, just leave it in. I like it. I am a party <laughs> vibe myself, so yeah. We like just, it too. It's a vibe. I'll just keep Go saying on. it. Uh, you know, from the party vibe of uh, get ready, dance in the street, to this slightly more emotional uh, and uh, and then visceral nature of the uh, welcome to the rack. Um, yeah, it's a nice breadth of what we do at Wemeck and um, yeah, I think they're both, they're that both as pretty well, fun arrangements. Oh, hugely fun. And I was just to say as well, Ben, you did such a great, you know, just referencing to the workshop we did with Alice Fern, wasn't it such a, um, oh, such a great grounding and foundation to have oh, yeah. a little bit of an insight to her accent work, right? That she did oh, for sure. Yeah, that was, was absolutely yeah. uh, invaluable really, uh, because we would have, well, we, we would have been okay. We try our best when we've got a specific accent to do. And sometimes we will go the extra mile to make sure we're doing things right. I, I think back to, you know, the prayer where we held our Italian masterclass workshop with our Italian singers in the choir on Zoom over lockdown. And we managed to get some real good specific um, accent coaching from them. It was wonderful. Ollie was one oh, of those uh, yeah, Italian speakers. so helpful uh present on that zoom call so thank you ollie um but yeah, yeah we, you know nah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, uh that was a really great sort of additional level to uh sort of harmony track process i guess mm. it's like getting that sort of crowdsourcing from from the choir team got yeah, such a diverse I, I love, I love group that of we members yeah I, I love that we did that it's great and often you know we we don't have to go that extra mile but i think with with something like that it was so beautiful and uh and so you know, we literally half the arrangement was in Italian, so we had to make sure we got yeah. it right. And this mm. this one was a bit more uh, challenging in a way because Newfoundland is quite a, um, I guess, niche accent uh, and made up of from from lots of parts of the world. So that was a tricky one. And and Alice was obviously amazing and the absolute expert to give us the best uh, chance at success in that um, as possible. Yeah, and that's really interesting, actually, Ben, just talking about those two songs that you love. And I think on that as well, for question for Ollie and Katie, um, what would be on your bucket list to have as repertoire for Wemek? So either to bring back from, you know, a song that we've already done or a brand new song. Um, I'll go first because mine are two to bring back. Um, so they're one I haven't done before with Wemek, which is Morning Glow from Pippin. Um, because Pippin was my senior year in high school musical. So I love it so dearly. Um, and it's also just completely different to a lot of the stuff that we've been doing of late. So I think that'd be really cool. Um, and, um, without love as well, because, um, I was so proud of you for the, the repertoire that we had that term, um, in lockdown, it was just, yeah, without love, um, brand new day it was just perfect like all the songs were so uplifting so I'm really I'm really proud of you for that term um Charlie but yeah without love is such a fabulous arrangement and so much fun and, and yeah so those are my two that I would like to bring back that honestly um thank you so much for sharing that that means so much it was a very uh purposeful choice um you know choosing a very like upbeat 
um, songs and tempo, but also, you know, the, the story behind the lyrics, that term. So oh, I'm so glad. And we totally noted about those two songs, about bringing those back. Why, mm. thank you. You are so welcome. <laughs> okay, um, so Ollie. So, yeah. Yeah, how about you? Uh, I would say that there's a couple of songs that I guess if I listen back to the podcast, I can check if it technically works or not. But um, what with Newsies coming back on the West End in 2022, um, I quite like Santa Fe uh, as a song. Um, I'm not sure if it would work for choir, but it'd be quite fun to do. Um, and then always sort of a popular choice at um, Overtures, for example, is uh, doing Anthem from Chess. And I don't know if that's going to work potentially, but that would be quite fun. I'd enjoy that I know that there's a choral bit in the middle of it but as you said Ben it might be tricky with the sort of like storytelling side mm. um but then in terms of bringing back and I think it's going to be divisive uh some people are going to be totally up for this and other people are going to be telling me not to talk anymore um put on your Sunday clothes I love uh, it hello Dolly so <laughs> loved the uh the lyric challenge of that so one. many and words then, yeah. and then it it when it came off at performances at the Victorian Albert Museum, for example, at Christmas in my first term. It was really quite electric. So enjoy those. So those are like that. my that, that was that was the that was the material I worked on in my first ever rehearsal covering an MD for oh, women. Yeah. 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 It's such so a good song. I, that, that one has a special place in my in my heart as well. And it has one it's of the best alto song. lines. Um, we're going to take New York by storm or whatever it is. So love to the mm. alto army. I mm. wish the Sopranos had that line because it's awesome. <laughs> Hashtag alto army. Yep. <laughs> Always and forever. Oh, yeah. Those are really, really good suggestions. I'm sort of, again, you can't see a video of us, but I'm nodding my head, scratching my chin. Like, hmm, yes. Noted. Very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it would be remiss of me to not campaign on behalf of myself and Ollie and quite a few other singers in the choir. And just, I'll just, I'll say the title of the musical and we'll leave it at that. Moulin Rouge. <clears throat> Moulin Rouge. Okay. Great. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. well, 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 well there may be something that is in the works for that oh my god so i'm Yay. just gonna leave it there <laughs> just keep people thinking what does that mean you're on the edge know. of your seat very good um okay awesome so before we let you go we have three quick fire questions for you um don't think just answer speed is of the essence charlie you get to go first ben follow quickly thereafter are you ready i think so yes okay go ollie <laughs> Okay, if you could work with any musical theatre composer, living or no longer with us, who would you pick? Stephen Schwartz. Stephen Sondheim. Excellent choices. If you could time travel and go back to watch an original Broadway or West End production on opening night, which show would you be going to see? My Fair Lady, Judy Andrews. Uh, original Broadway, West Side Story, Jerome Robbins. Ooh, uh, direction, yes. Choreo. Yeah, that's a good answer. Top answers, yeah. okay. Yeah. And I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for this last question. It's going to be tricky, but we're creating the ultimate musical theatre mashup and medley. Which song has to be in it? Oh, 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 oh. okay. Um, it's not one that we've done, but I think I think anything that ma is mashup musical uh, theatre has to involve Greece. Um, I think it also has to include Rocky Horror Show. You know, let's do the time warp again. Um, there, um, time to hand your baby. From both, yeah, I think those are my answers, I think. Uh, Excellent. You're, you're pretty sure of that, good. 
stress, <laughs> stress. Um, you can do this, Ben. Okay, uh, horrendously cliche, but I don't think you could avoid it. Um, you have to put Lamez in it, right? <laughs> You've got to put yes. either One Day More or I Dreamed a Dream would definitely be featuring, right? That has right. Yes. Yeah, like that yeah thousand percent. You can't. I love how I went like of Les Mis in this entire <laughs> recording as well. So yeah, I think we'd be remiss to to. And it would probably it, it would probably open with another opening, another show, right? Oh nice. yeah, that's yes. always a good, good one. I like yeah. that. It would. It I love how I went for like right? the high tempos, and you went for like the strong ballads. That's why we work so I well did. together. But I thought you know? you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't not put Les Mis in it, and I don't think oh, what, no. I don't think anything else from Les Mis would go in it. So I'm 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 happy with, I'm happy with that answer. I'm happy with it. All right, come at Fantastic. don't at me, guys. Don't at me. Lamez <laughs> would be in there. Okay? Him. I'm not basic. Do not, do not at any of us, please. Um, <laughs> Charlie, Ben, thank you for joining us today to talk all things repertoire. It's been really great. Oh, thank you for oh, having thank us. You. Yeah, it's been great fun. We're both Probably awesome better. as always. So thank you so much. <laughs> So let's talk about your submissions for favorite love songs from musicals. You gave us some really great answers on Instagram. So let's talk about them now. Yeah, I didn't know a few of them either. So it was really great to learn something new from you guys. Thank you. What struck you most about the song submitted then, Katie? Well, for me, I was hoping that something from Rent would be in there. And luckily there was. Um, I'll Cover You is just such a beautiful song. and It gets me in the feels every time I hear it. I also loved that Phantom of the Opera had two songs submitted. Um, Music of the Night is the one that I was surprised to see. What a really great choice and not the one I'd normally pick from the show. And we also had someone submit Without Love, which is an awesome song we've done in choir. And it's just so upbeat and joyful and completely different from the rest of the songs submitted. So yeah, and I love Hairspray. So that was awesome. How about you, Ollie? Yeah, um, there were some really good ones, weren't there? Mm. Um, I think a couple that I picked out uh, would be Only Us from Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, that's one that I'm sort of making my way through that entire show, song by random song uh, on what's most popular at the moment. I haven't seen the show yet. I'm looking forward to going to see it. But uh, Only Us was relatively new, but it's sort of added to the roster um, with, you know, You Will Be Found and Wing Through Window and so on. But I really like that duet. Um, and then continuing on that theme, there's also one that I, I've never seen the show. I've not really heard this before, but uh, one of you suggested One Second and a Million Miles uh, from the Bridges of Madison County. And yeah, that is a spectacular song. It's um, wonderful. I think the, the tenor and baritone sort of mix there, but also um, the version I've listened to is with Kelly O'Hara as the female lead. And uh, yeah, it's stunning. And if you like a duet like, you, like I do, um, I would highly recommend. Um, and then there's As Long As You're Mine uh, from Wicked. And alarmingly, the three that I picked out all duets because I love a duet. Um, it's great. Obviously, the, the main recording is with Adina. Um, so it's quite, quite large. Um, but I'd like to hear other versions. So hopefully I'm going to be seeing Lucy Jones sing it at some point in the near future uh, with the new London cast of Wicked. But yeah, um, those are all great submissions. They're all duets. I'm completely and utterly unapologetic about that. So yeah. What about you, Katie? Well, let's talk about the song that I submitted. Um, so I cheekily submitted one of my songs. Um, 
It's You Matter to Me from Waitress. The song feels exactly like the hug that Jen is describing um, to me. That's how it feels. So it's loving, warm, and safe. And the simplicity of it is just stunning. It, it gets me every single time. And I love that it's not about something, some big romantic kind of love. It's about this simple and plain feeling that you're worthy of being loved, which is more important. And yeah, it's just amazing. I love it so much. That's a really nice one. Yeah, I'm glad that we uh, both submitted answers to this <laughs> surreptitiously on the Instagram. But, you know, our social angel was very accepting of this. Um, okay. And alarmingly, yeah, it's funny enough, the one I selected was, uh, was a duet as well. So it's all Surprise. I ask of you from Phantom. I know it's, it's terribly predictable. Um, but yeah, I guess this is probably the one from Phantom that most people would go for. So yep. uh, the person who chose Music of the Night, we like your edgy style there. Um, but yeah, it's a wonderful song. I, um, I've performed it in the past. I'd like to do it again soon. Um, but yeah, it's just the, for me, it's just the, uh, the harmonies that work wonderfully and the, the sort of the narrative of, um, you know, getting out of a dark place and rebuilding and starting a new chapter as it were. So lots of lovely meanings. Yep. It's definitely, um, made me cry a tear or two before it's so stunning. Um, mm. So let's talk about what wasn't on the list. Uh, oh, God, I was... so many. <laughs> um, get, your I Instagram, was... get your Instagram answers up, people. Yes, please. More. We're crowdsourcing content, and you've done oh. a great job to start, but yep. know that more. when you see a sticker, that's us, yeah. Yep, always more. Um, so yeah, I was super surprised that Moulin Rouge wasn't on the list. So um, Elephant Love Medley and Come Up May are two of my favorites ever. Um, and I would have submitted them, but didn't want to sway the list too much myself. But yeah, so Moulin Rouge was a glaring omission. Um, so, yeah. Terrible glaring omission. Um, I, you know, I think the fact that we're hosting uh, the, the pod at, at the moment is a testament to us having similar tastes, but you know, there's distinct differences. But mm. yeah, I was completely appalled that Moulin Rouge wasn't there. And I think the biggest thing is that neither of us submitted Elephant Love Medley or Come Up come what may so um nightmare um, yep. but then it gets on to probably the the largest elephant in the room <laughs> i can't help punning i'm so sorry um there was nothing from les mis um i, I was shocked, I, shocked <laughs> appalled but yeah th there it is we didn't have anything from les mis but i guess uh to save some face around all the duets um i also love a uh, a song that ultimately is a, a soliloquy which is a wonderfully complicated word to say on a podcast for well your done. first episode. So thank you for your support in that matter. Um, yeah, On My Own uh, is, is a wonderful song about unrequited love. And uh, I think just generally uh, an absolute classic. So it's remarkable that it wasn't in there, but I think we've now hopefully restored the balance by suggesting that it, it could be on the list. So yeah. Thank you so much for those submissions. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, did we mention your favorite love song? Um, if not, and you're as aghast as we are at the admissions on the list, uh, then let us know in our West End Musical Choir Facebook group. We all love a good musical theater debate. We know this about you guys. So let's keep that conversation going. And that's that. Our first episode of Wemmick Talks. That was so much fun, you guys. I hope you all enjoyed listening as much as we did hosting. If you have any questions about any of the topics we covered, please email us at events at westendmusicalchoir.com. That's events, plural, at westendmusicalchoir.com. 
And one of the things we want to do every episode is to include stories and topics from all of you. So please email those into us too, and keep an eye out on the West End Musical Choir Instagram channel, like we said earlier. We'll be asking questions on there for all of the upcoming episodes. See you again soon, everyone. And have the best time singing between now and then. Definitely. Thank you.